Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast, hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Podcast. We have a really exciting guest today. I'm so excited to talk to her. Her name is Trudy Stone, and she is a certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest, and wellness expert, along with an author, podcast host, and founder of the Trudy Stone of Trudy Stone Nutrition. And she's all about educating people about nutrition solutions for managing stress and anxiety. So from healthy habits to brain health, Trudy is super passionate about empowering people to build healthier habits and unlock the power of food to build a strong and vibrant brain and body. She is also the creator of the RISE Method, which we will be talking about in this episode, which is a step-by-step framework to help people to overcome stress, overwhelm, and fatigue. I am so excited to talk about this. So welcome to the show, Trudy. How is it going? Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Miranda. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yeah. So can you um, just tell us in the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into the world of wellness and health? Yeah. So I am a certified culinary nutritionist, and that means that I am someone who is certified in the therapeutic properties of food for both preventing disease, as well as treating certain types of diseases and conditions. Um, in terms of how I got into the wellness industry, it was really through my own journey. And I think that's how a lot of people kind of came in the wellness industry. Um, so going back about eight years ago, uh, I got engaged to a wonderful man. And like many women, you know, you envision yourself on your wedding day, how you want to look, how that dress is going to fit. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I got the guy. Now I really need to say yes to this dress. So (laughs) I decided to lose weight like most women before they get married. And I wanted to make this time a little bit different, Miranda, in the sense that, you know, I had a complicated relationship with with weight gain and weight loss and dieting and all that stuff with gaining the weight and, you know, losing the weight and gaining it back, losing it and gaining it back like many women do. But when I got engaged, I said, you know what? Yes, I want to lose weight, but I want to lose weight in a way that is sustainable in a way that it actually stays off. So I don't have to keep on this diet hamster wheel. So I started doing a lot of different studying, looking at different medical journals, you know, Harvard, looking at all these different, you know, studies and applying some of what I was learning on myself in terms of weight loss. And I started to lose weight, but it was a lot more effortless this time than it had been in the past. And I realized that was because of a couple of different things. First of all, I was afraid of eating fat. So I would never eat fat before I was eating low fat, everything. Right. And then on my journey, I had realized how disgusting low fat products are. And I say disgusting, not only just in taste, because they don't taste great. And they certainly don't have really great ingredients in there for you. Um, So that was one of the things I added more fat, I definitely added more protein as well. Um, But what I really, really learned was the importance of habits and habits for actually making these changes stick. So this is why I'm not really um, so crazy about all the different fad diets you see out there, like keto and all these different things. I mean, if that's what you feel you need to do, go for it. But for me, if I'm helping somebody to eat healthier or lose weight, 
I first want them to establish a healthier relationship with food first, because when you establish a healthier relationship with food, you establish a healthier relationship with yourself. So I don't believe in the fad diets. Um, I just don't think that's a sustainable way to you know, lose weight or to live. Um, so I'm all about cementing those healthy habits. So that's kind of how I got into um, the wellness industry. And, you know, based on what I learned about my own journey in terms of the different habits that I follow to help me to eat healthier, more consistently, I decided to write a book about it. And the habits aren't all about food. You know, some of them are about stress management, some of them about your environment, like the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, when it comes to making any sort of changes in our life, it really is like a holistic approach rather than just, you know, that number on the scale or just losing weight for a certain occasion. I really feel like your story is something a lot of women can relate to having something um, like a wedding to feel the need to lose a bunch of weight and another reason to try a new fad diet. And that's how I think we really get wrapped up in yo-yo dieting. There's always a reason whether we're getting married or there's a vacation coming up or summer's coming up. So I'm sure so many women and men as well can can relate to that. Um, so I also love how you talk about stress because man, nowadays who is not stressed, but you have the phrase, which I totally love and it is turn stress into your superpower. So can you explain that? Yes. So the idea behind this Miranda is this, nobody is going to be free of stress. It will always be there, but you can master the way that you react to it and rise above it so that it no longer has this immense sense of control over you. So when it comes to turning stress into your superpower, I really like to encourage women to look at stress as a good thing. It's actually an invitation to really show you the areas of your life that are out of balance and that you might need to redesign so that your life is more in line with what you say that you actually value. Um, And for me, you know, my story with turning stress into my superpower, you know, started when I was in the corporate world. And I was working a very high power job. I was working way too many hours um, in this job, all the different, you know, all the different years. And it just kind of got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this? Like, yes, I need to pay the bills, but my skills go with me right? I don't have to stay in this situation. I don't have to subject myself to this. I know my worth. So I ended up actually leaving that job. And I actually went full time into like my wellness practice. Now there was a little bit of planning for sure. Like, of course, starting it as a side hustle first before I can make it full time. But you know, once I deserve, once I realized my worth, once I realized my value and what I was willing to do and not willing to do and establishing those boundaries, that was when I really started to put the plan into place to turn that stress into my superpower. And now here I am, you know, doing wellness at full time and just loving helping people because I just don't, I don't like to see women in this place where they just feel like, you know, they just can't get a hold of stress. They just can't get a hold of anxiety. They feel like it just, you know, takes over their life and just takes the better of them. And it doesn't have to be that way. If we just change our perception and look at it a little bit differently. So how has your life changed since changing your perspective around stress? Because I think, you know, like you said, stress kind of shows you the areas that you need to work on. And I don't think people have that mindset now. So how, like, how has your life changed in that way? And what's something we could, you know, work toward and look forward to? Oh my God, Miranda, my life has changed dramatically. You know, when you establish boundaries for yourself, it just makes you such a a much more confident person, right? When you're able to stand up for yourself and say, you know what, actually that's not aligned with my values. I'm not willing to do that. 
right? Um, I think it just gives you just the sense of calmness. It gives you the sense of confidence. And it also just starts to affect other different areas of your life as well in a positive way when you stand, you know, when you stand up for yourself a little bit more, or when you start to investigate these root causes of stress, because sometimes like, I shouldn't even say sometimes, most of the times we're just going through life and we're just carrying all this chronic stress with us constantly, but we're not really investigating or doing the work to figure out why is it that we actually feel this way, right? And that could even be like the first tip, like when you're feeling yourself like really stressed out and overwhelmed, you're not really sure what to do next, just pause in the moment if you can, like if you're you're driving, don't do that. But, you know, if you can just pause in the moment and be like, okay, what is it that I'm feeling right now? And start putting some words to it. Like I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling irritated. Start putting some words to it. Why is it that I'm feeling this way? Well, I feel like my boss doesn't really value my skills. You know, I feel like my husband doesn't realize, you know, how much I contribute to the household. Like just start putting some things, you know, some feelings to it. And once you start like, you know, asking yourself, like, why am I feeling this way? Now you kind of have that awareness. And Miranda, you and I have talked about this before, like awareness being that place that you start. So if you don't know where to start, I would say start there. Just start asking yourself some empowering questions, because once you do that, now your mind is starting to get wired towards solutions versus just sitting in that and just ruminating over that stress that you're feeling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awareness is so important. And people don't take the second like to slow down, like you were saying, like, you know, take a break. And you know, like you were saying, we need to acknowledge and have this awareness, but we can't do that unless we do slow down. And, you know, whether it's journaling or maybe just, I love to like go in the car and just talk. Like I talk to God, so I'm just like making it all verbal. Oh, otherwise that. you just, you can't just assume that, you know, God knows. I mean, God does know what you're thinking, of course. Yeah. But you can't just assume that you can work it out if you don't Mm. talk to God. You know, God wants you to talk to him. So whether it's talking to God, whether it's, you know, writing in your journal, doing something, because, yeah, that's when you start realizing things. And that's when, you know, I think you can really take um, just take the front seat when it comes to your stress or, you know, your nutrition, your fitness, your wellness, anything like that. So I I love that you're talking about the whole awareness component. So does this tie in with your RISE method at all? Because I know you talk about the RISE method in your book. Yes, so absolutely it does. Because knowing all the different ways that stress affects our bodies, that's why I developed the four-step RISE system that I use with my clients to help them to rise above stress. So that's what I want to share with everybody today so that people can learn to manage stress more effectively. Because again, it's always going to be there, but we can have some tools to help us to actually rise above that. Awesome. Let's, let's talk about the rise method. Totally. Can you tell our listeners what it is and what each step is in this method? Yes. So the R stands for ruminating. So ruminating is when you tend to dwell on situations that you find distressing or upsetting over and over and over again. So the best case example of this is let's say, you know, maybe you're chatting with a coworker and maybe you say something because you're, you know, you're running ragged all day. It's like three o'clock. You just kind of want to wrap things up so you can go pick up the kids or whatever it is you got to do. And maybe you snap at your coworker or you say something to them that you shouldn't have said. And now you spend the rest of that afternoon, the rest of that evening, just replaying that situation over and over and over again of all the different things you could have done differently or said differently. 
that's ruminating. And when we do that, what we're actually doing is we're training that emotional part of our brain to become stronger. And then that means that you're more likely to spend even more time in the future ruminating. So I say, you know, let that energy of stress, like be a good thing that actually drives you towards, you know, where it is that you want to go. Don't get so, so stressed out thinking about all the things that you don't want, because that's like staring at the pothole in the road, right? Instead, redirect that stress and turn it into a superpower. And I say like, and I got this from Dean Graziosi, but, you know, put, point that ship in the direction of, the, of where you want to go in life, right? So one quick thing that people can do in the moment is something that I, I call catch, release, replace. Have you heard of this before? Okay. So it's a simple exercise you can do in the moment whenever you're feeling stressed out. Again, if you're driving, don't do this. Wait until you, you're parked somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, essentially you close your eyes and it's just about taking some deep breaths in. Okay. So on that first deep breath in, you want to catch that thought, whatever that thing is that is stressing you out or making you feel overwhelmed. And just say to yourself, that's an interesting thought. And then exhale. Then on your second breath in, you want to thank your brain for trying to protect you because that's all your brain is really doing. It's just doing what it was designed to do, which is to protect you. So on that second breath in, just thank your brain for trying to protect you and just let that thought that you're having, let it float by like a cloud in the sky. So it's almost like you picture that thought as a cloud and it's just floating by. Then you exhale. Then on that third deep breath in, you want to replace that thought, that negative thought or that stressful thought with something that is more empowering instead. Okay. So that could be even like, you know, thinking of past situations in your life when you were in stressful situations or overwhelming situations, you got through those situations before, right? So you can do that again. So that could even be your statement right there. Like I've been through challenging situations before, and I will get through this too. Right. Or it could be visualizing yourself for how you want to feel. Right. Whatever that thought or whatever that, you know, affirmation is that's more empowering, you know, replace it with that. That reminds me of something that um, I tell my clients is like, you can't control your first thought, but you can control your second thought. So, oh, I like that. So, you know, it's because it's true because, you know, our first thought might be and it probably is something negative if we find ourselves in, you know, a stressful situation or like standing in front of the mirror or however, we'll have that first thought and it's usually not the best thought and there's nothing we can do about it except for control the second thing we said. So that totally like ties in to what you were just saying and, you know, using that second thought to you know motivate you and and lift you up and just push you in the right direction I absolutely I absolutely love that I think that's something we all need to to try to do and implement into our lives yeah definitely so the I Miranda in the rice system stands for inflammation and stress is the cause of all inflammatory response in our bodies so, you know, if you sprain your ankle, that places physical stress on the body, right? And then your ankle gets inflamed, um, runny nose and a cough. Those are all symptoms of inflammation when you have a cold. So inflammation isn't always a bad thing. It can be a good thing if it's just your body trying to protect itself. So inflammation, though, when you have like chronic inflammation, that can actually be like a risk factor for more than 30 different medical illnesses, including things like cancer, diabetes, dementia, and even depression. Okay. So chronic inflammation is the one we really want to be concerned about because it's really what it is. It's your body is really confused and damaging immune response to a variety of different things. 
It could be environmental. It could be physical. It could be mental. You know, again, those thoughts that you're thinking that are stressing you out over and over again. But, you know, a lot of chronic inflammation comes from the standard American diet. And that's the diet that most of us are eating these days. It's also known as the Western diet made of, you know, might've heard it being called that, um, but it includes a lot of white flour, processed foods, vegetable oils, lots and lots of sugar, um, and very little fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains. So as a nutritionist, like with the pandemic and what I was seeing with people and what I was seeing with clients is that a lot of us are turning to certain types of foods to help us to manage, you know, the stress and a lot of the feelings that we were feeling because of a lot of the things that we were going through, not realizing that, you know, a lot of the foods that we're turning to, to help us to feel better or help us to manage stress are actually formulated to keep you hooked and to have you keep coming back for more. I'm not going to get into too much detail about what these foods are called, but they are called hyper palatable foods. If you want to learn more about that, I have a whole episode about that on my podcast. I don't know what number it is, but it's something about hyper palatable foods. But essentially, these foods attack the part of your brain that's responsible for actually regulating your mood and regulating your stress which makes your problem much worse in the long term, while also increasing your chances of serious illnesses. So what tips do you have for people to, you know, start to take control of their inflammation? Because I, you know, teach habits and nutrition as well. And I know people just like to have all the answers, but then it's not sustainable or consistent. So what tips do you have to, you know, have a sustainable, consistent, healthy habit to really take control of our inflammation? Start small. Okay, that's exactly what I would say. I would say start small. I would like encourage people to look at, you know, look at their diet and seeing where they're consuming a lot of sugar because sugar is really at the top of the list that we want to minimize, right? So look at all the different places that you're consuming sugar. So for me and my journey, what it was, it was coffee. I was dumping obscene amounts of sugar into my coffee every single day. So that's where I decided to start by cutting back the sugar in my coffee, because I would rather eat like a big slice of chocolate cake that's loaded with sugar than to just be drinking it in my coffee. Right. Like I like I'd rather eat it than to drink it. So that's where I started. And I started by, you know, reducing the amount of sugar in my coffee. And then once I kind of felt like I got that under my belt, then I added something next. So the next thing for me after that was the cookies. So, you know, that would be the next tip, like start small. And then also like, look at some of your favorite foods that you like to eat. For me, it was cookies. And I had like, I was so obsessed with sugar. So I knew I needed to find a way to make these treats healthier. So that's what I did. I started going in the kitchen. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was Actually, you know, fun fact, I actually used to own a cupcake company years and years before. So that tells you how much I like sugar. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> so I'm telling you this from experience. So I would start small, like start with the cookies if that's your thing. So for me, cookies was my thing. So I started to get into the kitchen to figure out, okay, how can I make these things healthier? So I'm not feeling guilty. And so I'm not harming my body. So I started making like these double chocolate avocado cookies with like raw cacao powder that has magnesium, which is a nutrient that helps you to manage stress, you know, some, um, avocado in there. I put some cacao nibs and these cookies, like I did this in a workshop and I wasn't sure how it was going to go over. Like people were picking the crumbs off, off the plate. Like they were so good. So eating healthy, it can be delicious. Right. So I would just kind of encourage you to start small and then just play around. Like I said, by looking at some of your favorite unhealthy foods and making them healthier. And then also like, don't think about all the things you can't have. Think about the abundance of foods you can eat because there's so many anti-inflammatory foods that are delicious. Like 
For example, blueberries. Blueberries are so good for you. They're also great for your brain too. Um, you know, toss them in your smoothie. Um, dark leafy greens are great. Turmeric, ginger, green tea. Like these are all great examples of anti-inflammatory food that you can start adding into your diet. Yeah, I, I love that tip to start small. And, you know, you don't have to take out the foods that you love, like you with cookies, you just found a healthy, healthier alternative. And I think that's another way that we can, you know, start small is, you know, find little easy swaps that you can make something, you know, simple, like doing raw cacao or cacao nibs instead of, you know, the, the pre-made stuff that you get, you know, at Target or Walmart. So, you know, I love that. I know one of the things that I did instead of um, like, you know, these little things add up, like you said, um, you know, you rather eat your sugar than drink it. And I know for me, like when it came like to my fats, I didn't want to waste my fats in dousing the pan with oil when it's like, I can get that little spritzer from Amazon where, you know, it sprays the oil because the only reason I was putting oil in there so things wouldn't stick to my pan right you know so making a little swap with that or you know getting the spray butter instead of other butter butter when it came to like putting it on my vegetables that I made you know all these little things add up like make making these healthy swaps and these are small things that we probably aren't even really going to notice when it comes to like what we do and don't enjoy, but it's going to add up and we're going to notice it in our health. So really good. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Great. Um, so then the S in the rise system stands for stress busting nutrients. So, you know, this is a really important one. This is the one I probably love talking about the most because these days we often tend to treat illnesses and disease with prescription drugs or risky surgeries, all of this before we stop to consider what we put on our plate right? So although dietary recommendations have been made for everything from managing diabetes, high cholesterol and heart disease, food really hasn't been the recommended protocol for mental health until now. So we're starting to see a lot more emerging studies that are showing the benefits of diet on mental health, like the smiles trial. And I don't know if you've heard of this one at all, Miranda. No, what's the smiles trial? So the smiles trial was done back in 2017 and they had two groups of patients, right? Two groups of patients that were showing depressive symptoms. So the first group just received social support or talk therapy while the second group, they received the social support and that talk therapy in addition to changing their diet. So they put them on a Mediterranean diet, right? So the Mediterranean diets, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and fish and healthy fats, all these wonderful things that contain nutrients that are amazing for your brain. So they followed these two groups of patients for 12 weeks and 12 weeks later, they found that the patients that received the social support along with the Mediterranean diet had a much greater reduction in their depressive symptoms than the other group that just had the social support. So I really love talking about the Mediterranean diet because that was the one that I kind of followed, you know, loosely to kind of to lose weight, but it's still the one that I follow right now, just because it has all of like the key principles in terms of the nutrients and the types of foods that we need to eat healthier on a consistent basis. So lots of plant-based foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lentils, beans, you know, um, 
olive oil, limiting red meat, you know, using a lot of herbs and spices to flavor food instead of things like salt, um, drinking red wine, which is on, you know, a part of the Mediterranean, but in moderation, right? And they drink wine with a meal or they drink wine when they're, you know, with their, with their, with their friends, not when they're just like sitting at home by themselves on a Wednesday night on the couch, right? And there could be people in the Mediterranean doing that. I don't know, maybe there are, but <laughs> the majority of the time, you know, when they're having red wine, they're actually enjoying it with a meal and your body metabolizes it better when you drink wine with a meal. So, you know, definitely uh, getting in some of these stress busting nutrients. Um, you know, I would say the main one on the list is probably B vitamins. And the reason why is because B vitamins, when you're stressed out, it completely burns out the B vitamins in your body. But the thing is you need those B vitamins to help you to manage stress. And vitamin B6 in particular, that helps to manufacture the neurotransmitter serotonin that makes you feel happy and in a good mood. So really important to make sure we're getting these B vitamins in, um, B, B6 in particular, sweet potatoes are one of the best sources of vitamin B6. Well, one of my favorite sources anyways. Um, and I also find that sweet potato, it's, it's almost like a comfort food, right? Like when you eat it, you just feel mm, like you just feel good. Right. So, you know, definitely adding in some of those B6 food sources like sweet potatoes, bananas, cauliflower, garlic, cashews, um, bell peppers, so red and green peppers, spinach. These are all really great sources of vitamin B6. Yeah, I don't think people truly understand how important nutrition is for stress. I yeah. think people people see nutrition as like, you know, either fuel or a way to lose weight. Yes. And, and like in a way it indirectly is as well because stress, you know, increases your cortisol level and, you know, causes weight gain or it makes you have a harder time losing weight. And instead of just looking at nutrition as calories, like you said, these foods that are going to help you be less stressed, be less inflamed are, you know, have nothing to do with calories and will actually indirectly, you know, help you lose weight or stay at a healthier weight as well. So nutrition just has so much to do with stress and anxiety and mental health. So I love that, that you touch on that. That's such a big one. Yeah. And, and you know what else too, Miranda, when we're stressed out or when we're really busy, that's the time that we tend to slack on our nutrition as well as our sleep. When those are exactly the times you need to prioritize those two things, um, you know, because what I told you earlier was that, you know, there's certain bodies that get depleted in your body during times of stress, like B vitamins, magnesium, iron is another one, but your body needs these nutrients to be able to keep up with the demands that you're facing in your life right now. And the same thing with sleep, like if you're not getting any, enough sleep. It completely throws off your hormones and increases, you know, ghrelin, which is the appetite stimulating hormone. So that means you, you tend to eat more food, right? So when you're busy or when you're stressed out, I can't stress it enough that you really need to prioritize nutrition and sleep. So do whatever you can to make those two things a priority. And I'm not saying I, I have it all figured out because there are times in my life where I'm stressed out or when I'm really busy and I don't get a chance to do my meal prep, but I know my week sucks when I don't get enough sleep. And when I don't uh, prep my meals, because now I'm going across the street to get like onion rings, or I'm going across the street to get pizza. And I know that when I have my meals planned, even if I just have a few meals planned, when I head into that busy week, just knowing I can pull something out of the fridge and eat it, I can't tell you like just what an, a relief that is to not have to like, okay, now I got to cook something. I got to figure out, okay, what am I going to eat? What do I got on the fridge? Like, nobody has time for that. Not when you're in that moment of stress. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like this constant cycle. Like, yeah. You know, you're stressed, you, 
you know, you eat more processed food and leave the more stress and you know, you're so stressed, you don't work out or working out could actually help you relieve your stress. So yes. it's just this constant cycle that we need to break. So yes. and once again, start with the the small steps, little goals, whether it's, you know, just going for a walk as your workout, or, you know, making these little substitutions in your nutrition. So totally, that is, that is awesome. So what does the E stand for in rise? So the E stands for emphasis on gut health. Um, and this is an important one too, because your gut is considered to be your second brain and the relationship between your gut and your brain is bi-directional. And that just means your brain sends messages to your gut and your gut sends messages to your brain. And they talk to, to each other through chemicals called neurotransmitters. Like, you know, I mentioned serotonin earlier. And also recent studies are showing that the neurotransmitter serotonin is actually produced in the gut. So even more reason to make sure that we're eating those foods and dialing in our nutrition that really help to nourish our gut health. Um, so in terms of some things that, you know, harm your gut, you know, on that list would be things like processed foods, right? So processed foods have a lot of like sugar, things like emulsifiers. So emulsifiers are typically added to things like coffee creamers. Sorry, ladies. I know you love your coffee creamers. I do too. Um, you know, coffee creamers, salad dressings, anything that, um, emulsifiers, like anything that makes a food more shelf stable or like, a, um, improves like the appearance or the texture of food. So they use it in ice creams too. Um, so I would say that processed foods, alcohol as well is going to, you know, hurt your gut, definitely stress for sure. Um, so what we want to do is we want to minimize those things. And we want to add in probiotics and prebiotics. So probiotics are beneficial bacteria while prebiotics are food for that bacteria. So I kind of like, you know, when it comes to gut health and understanding the difference between probiotics and prebiotics, people get them confused. I tell people to imagine their gut, like the game Pac-Man. I don't know if you remember the game Pac-Man. Yeah. So imagine your gut, like the, you know, like the game Pac-Man and then those little Pac-Man that are in there, those are the probiotics, right? And then all those little dots that it's eating, those are the prebiotics. So it's like the food for the, you know, food for the bacteria. So that's the best way I can kind of describe it to understand the difference between the two. Um, but probiotics, you can find them in things like fermented foods. So Greek yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, miso, kombucha, um, and then prebiotics. You can actually find those things in like, uh, Jerusalem artichokes, leeks, onions, garlic, um, dandelion greens as well. So there's so many different types of foods you can start eating, um, to nourish your gut. I love miso. I think miso is probably my favorite on that list. Cause there's just so many different things you can do with it. Yeah. I love me some kombucha. So ah, me fermented <laughs> foods are, are the best. Yeah. Gut health, I think is one of my favorite topics to like learn about, because like you said, there's the brain gut connection and so much of our health, whether it's on the inside or outside, it's connected to our gut health. So I, I love all about this rise method. Um, so how can like we use this rise method when it comes to um, basically getting back into the everyday life that we had pre pandemic, because, you know, the pandemic did cause so much stress and uncertainty, and really mess with a lot of people's mental health. So how can we, you know, emerge from, from where we were to, you know, less stress and, you know, a goal of where we want to go in the future? Yeah. You know, I think the first thing I would say is to have compassion for yourself, because I think sometimes, you know, we have the best of intentions and we might have a desire to eat healthier or make changes to our diet or to our lifestyle. And we want to do all of the things, 
right? But when we do all of the things, we're really setting ourselves up for failure, right? Because we can't do all of those. We can't go from zero to 100, just like that. So I would say, you know, if you do have a plan to eat healthier and maybe one day you end up ordering pizza instead of actually, you know, making your, you know, I don't know, whatever salad it is that you like to make, you know, just hold compassion for yourself and just try to make the next meal healthier. Just brush it off your shoulder and just move on. Don't hold on to that. Don't ruminate on it over and over and over again. Um, you know, secondly, I would also say like, what's really going to be important here is establishing boundaries. So that's really important. That's something that I've learned during the pandemic as well, because I wasn't always the best with having boundaries, but, you know, kind of think of boundaries as like, they're almost like guardrails on the road. Just like how, when you're on the highway, you have those guardrails on the side of the road, or you have those lanes, you know, those lines that divide the lanes, they're there to protect everybody. So think about boundaries in that way as well. It's not just to protect you. It's to protect those around you as well, so that you can be healthier and you can be stronger and planning right? Because you can't wait until you're in that stressful situation to start kind of doing like all of these things. Like I would say like plan. So like I said, like if you're, you know, if you know you have a busy week ahead, can you plan some lunches? You don't have to do lunches and dinner, but can you at least do some lunches, right? Even if you just make a one pot thing so that you can actually have maybe two lunches, right? Just do that. But, you know, really, I would say you, you got to plan. And you got to practice like doing all these things. Like it's not going to become like that, like overnight. It really is a practice. And for me, yes, I know all of these things. Do I stumble and fall sometimes? Absolutely. Right. But I have these tools and I continually put them into practice and that's all you can really do. Yeah. We really have to give ourselves compassion because we expect ourselves to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not going to happen. So I love that. It even goes back to what you were saying in the beginning about, you know, start small. And I think that applies here as well. So how can our listeners, you know, reach out to you, connect with you, listen to your podcast that you have, where can they find you at? Yeah. So my podcast is called the mind your body show. So you can find me everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Um, my website is trudyestone.com. You can also find me on Instagram at trudyestone.com. And I also hang out on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. I will put all of that in the show notes so people can connect with you. But thank you again, Trudy, for giving us such good info when it comes to stress and anxiety and nutrition. So thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Miranda. This is fun. 